0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We are in our series on the Psalms, and uh, I didn't know we'd be able to uh, go this long, but uh, I just—I've got so many psalms I want to cover. I've even had a few more requests come in, and I—I uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I love the psalms. The psalms—they uh, really—they open up the heart of David, and of course, David was a man after God's own heart. And uh, David—he—he he cries out to God. He pours out his. Uh, his burden to God, and he, he has a desire to see God do something. And these psalms are so rich, and uh, I hope that you've been blessed by the psalms. This psalm, Psalm 85, we told you this morning, but Charles Spurgeon wrote and said, "...this is the prayer of the patriot for his afflicted country, in which he pleads the Lord's former mercies and by faith foresees brighter days." Uh, I don't believe that uh, that things cannot be better. I don't believe that it's hopeless. I don't believe that uh, nothing good's gonna happen. I believe that God can still send revival. I believe people can still be saved. I believe that churches can still grow. I believe that lives can be helped. I believe that homes can be strengthened. It's gonna be a long Sunday night if we don't have somebody that agrees with that because I'm gonna preach it until you do agree with it. I believe that God can still work in this day. You say, but you don't know. I don't have to know about all that stuff. I know that God is able. And if your eyes are on uh, the, the current events, I don't, I don't blame you for being discouraged. But don't get your eyes on the current events. Get your eyes on the Lord. Get your, get your uh, eyes on the word of God and, and let God's word fill your heart. This was a, a Psalm of David. It was written to the chief musician. Remember how we've talked about that. These psalms, these were songs that were used by the, uh, the Hebrews and the, the Jewish people. They would sing these songs in worship to God. And there were some psalms that were written for instruction. There were some psalms that were written for encouragement. This particular one, David sent it to Asaph, the chief musician, And he said, we've got to use this one. This is a psalm that we need to sing. We need to uh, let people hear it. We need to let people know. And so it was uh, written to the chief musician. It says a psalm for the sons of Korah. Remember how we talked about that? It's been a few months ago now. But remember Korah in the Bible? how that Korah stood up against Moses and how uh, the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and God judged that man and judged those leaders of Israel who uh, decided they were gonna fight against Moses and fight against God. And remember how we said that this, this phrase right here, a psalm for the sons of Korah is such a wonderful reminder that God forgives God allows us, in spite of our background, maybe there have been things in our past or maybe in our family or maybe in past generations, but God can still use us. And God wants to use us and God will use us and God is a God of forgiveness. And this is just another reminder right here. As he says, hey, this is for the sons of Korah. It's a reminder of the mercy and grace of God. Hallelujah for God's grace. Notice number one quickly, As we jump into this psalm, verse uh, number eight, it says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. What is folly? Folly is foolishness. And you know how God's people got into captivity? their foolishness now there are some mistakes that we make that it's you know maybe we, we don't we have no idea which is the right choice and maybe we make a, a, a decision and we say, yeah, that was a mistake then there are other choices that we make that looking back we probably should have known better we probably should have sought some counsel We probably should have prayed about it. We probably should have gotten in the Bible and said, I wonder what God wants me to do. But God's people, they went into captivity and it wasn't by accident. It was because of their foolishness. It was because they turned their back on God. You know why our nation is experiencing the judgment of God right now? It's not by accident. It's not because we don't know better. It's not because we're, we're caught off guard. It is because we have felt like and we have acted like we can live without God. And friend, that story never ends well. If we think we can live without God, we are deceiving ourselves. We are very foolish. As a matter of fact, Psalm 14, the Bible says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You could also say it like this. The fool has said in his heart, no God. You you can't turn your back on God. You can't say no to God and expect good results. Lord, help us as we look at your word. I need your strength. And I pray that you'd help us to uh, realize the applications tonight to our country. May we also see the applications to our church and the applications to our homes and our marriages and our individual lives. And I pray that you'd speak to us, give us something tonight. Lord, that would stir us and that would help us and that would uh, be beneficial, Lord, as we walk with you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Number one, folly. Folly, this is what brought about captivity. Now, this is a psalm that uh, it says in verse number one, thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Some believe that this was a psalm of Babylonian captivity after Babylonian captivity. I don't think probably that's what this is. I think this is David referencing some captivity that Israel had experienced where they weren't necessarily taken out of the land, but they had put themselves in bondage or they had put themselves in captivity. Did you know that captivity can happen in our lives? Now I'm not talking about Uh, as uh, we've mentioned before you you commit a crime and you go to jail and you are you're you're captive you're you're handcuffed you're uh, incarcerated I'm not talking about that but I'm talking about captivity can happen to us uh, because of sin because of foolishness because of choices we make and sometimes that captivity can be a financial decision now don't raise your hands please but I think a lot of us have probably been there at some point where we made a financial decision and we realized after the fact, uh uh-oh, we just put ourselves in bondage. We just put ourselves in debt or we just put ourselves in a bad situation financially that we don't want to be in. Maybe your captivity that you've experienced, maybe it's been a financial decision. Maybe your captivity has been a relationship. Now, if you're here this evening and you are married, you are married to the right person. That may feel like captivity, but it's not captivity, okay? And that's where you make the best of it. That's where you uh, love each other. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. You love each other. You submit to each other. Uh, you I think it was Brother Dan said it this morning, but but marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is not, well, you do this and I'll do this. Marriage is you give 100%. You give your all and you give yourself for your spouse. But maybe you've had some relationships in the past that you you didn't realize it until you got out of it. (laughs) But when you got out of it, you said, I am free. Hallelujah, that captivity is over. Hallelujah, that bondage is over. And maybe you didn't realize it until after the fact. Sometimes it's a relationship. Maybe it's been a job. Maybe you got into a job or maybe you got into a business and you realized, oh, this is not good. I feel like I am in captivity. I feel like I'm in chains. I feel like I'm in bondage. I feel like I can't escape. Did you know that you can be in captivity and be in your own home? You can be in captivity and you can be in your own uh, community. You can be in captivity and be in your own country. You can be in captivity. We can be in captivity uh, in our heart, in our mind, in our life, And I'm glad to tell you this evening that there is no chain so strong that God cannot break that chain. Maybe your captivity is alcohol. Maybe your captivity is drugs. Maybe your captivity is immorality. Maybe your captivity is bitterness. Maybe your captivity is your pride. Maybe your captivity is your anger. I don't know what that captivity is. I don't know what that bondage is, but I'm glad to tell you God's power can break any chain. Uh, He can break you out of that captivity. He can give you freedom. And David said, we had been in captivity, but God brought us out. Hallelujah for that. I'll say this, number one, as we talk about folly, as we talk about foolishness, and I'll say this now, I don't know of anybody who's making any major decisions right now, but I think before you make a major decision, I think you ought to be so slow I think you ought to pray about it I think you ought to fast I think you ought to get in the Bible I think you ought to get good solid counsel and don't be quick to make a major life decision how come because you don't want to look back and say I put myself in captivity I put myself in bondage I put myself in a situation outside of God's will why do we make foolish decisions We make foolish decisions when we neglect the wisdom of God's word. Did you know all the wisdom you need for any decision? It's right here. Any any wisdom you need for any decision, God has already given you the answer right here. You just got to read it. You just got to find it. You got to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, and he will if you'll ask him. Number one, there was folly involved in captivity. Number two, I see the fierceness. Of God's anger would you notice in verse number uh, verse number uh, three thou hast taken away all thy wrath thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger verse 4 turn us O God of our salvation and cause thine anger toward us to cease wilt thou be angry with us forever wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations You say, well, I don't think that God should be angry. I don't think that God should have that wrath. And I don't think that God should be upset. Hang on, time out. This is not a work dispute we're talking about. This is not a family problem we're talking about. We're talking about a holy, righteous, just, perfect God. And we're talking about a God who when he is angry, he has every right to be angry. I may get upset I may lose my temper and I may make a mistake and sometimes I will go back to our girls and I will say I am sorry I should not have said that or I should not have acted that way and there are times where we make mistakes I want to remind you God doesn't make mistakes God's never had to apologize for his anger He's never had to apologize for his wrath because he's God and he is holy. He is the creator. We're the creature. And God is angry. Why is God angry? He's angry because of our sin. Our sin deserves judgment. Our sin deserves wrath. Our sin deserves the punishment that comes with it. Oh, but I am so thankful. Number three, I'm thankful that there is forgiveness Aren't you glad that God forgives us? Aren't you glad that God, although He should give us His wrath and He should give us His judgment, God gives us His mercy instead? Turn with me, if you would, uh, forward in your Bibles to Habakkuk. Habakkuk is near the end of the Old Testament. Habakkuk chapter uh, 3 Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Habakkuk chapter 3. Here is Habakkuk's prayer for revival. And it says in verse number 2, Habakkuk 3 in verse number 2, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. What did he hear? He heard about the wrath of God. He heard about the judgment of a holy God. And he says, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years in the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember what? Mercy. Habakkuk says, Lord, we deserve your wrath, but we pray instead for your mercy. I see in this Psalm, Psalm 85, there's folly, there's foolishness. Number two, there's the fierceness of God's wrath. But number three, there is forgiveness. God forgives us. God cleanses us. Uh, Psalm 85 in verse number uh, two, "Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people, thou hast covered all their sin." Hallelujah for the forgiveness of God. You know why our nation is still standing? Because of the mercy of God. You know why we can still celebrate a July 4th and why we can still worship God in freedom? You know why we've got a, a, a food to eat and water to drink and a roof over our head and clothes on our back? Because of the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God that we're not in hell uh, suffering for our sin. What we deserve is eternal punishment. Oh, but God is so loving. He is so merciful and He is forgiving. Thank God for His forgiveness. Notice verse seven, show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Verse 10, mercy and truth are met together. Here's what's so amazing about God's mercy. God never compromises his truth. His truth is still the wages of sin is death. That's the truth, that does not change. But here's God's mercy. But the gift of God is eternal life Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that's the mercy of God, that a holy God would see a sinful world and he would send his son to die on the cross and pay the price and extend mercy. Number three, forgiveness. Number four, I want you to see the desire for filling. It says in verse six, and David is praying to God and he says, God, won't you please revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee now we use that that word revive a lot we just sang revive us again and and we we talk about a a summer revival or we talk about a a winter revival or a particular meeting but you know what revival really is revival is not people getting saved although people getting saved is a good thing and that's many times a result of revival but revival literally is to make something alive again. Something that was alive, but it's dead, and it's brought back to life. You know what revival is? It's when we get right with God, when we get life back, when we get uh, God's, God's uh, presence back in our lives, when we get sin confessed, when we uh, get things right inside, and revival is to be made alive again after being delivered from captivity, there ought to be a longing for God to fill us once again. You see, there ought to be a desire for life. There ought to be a desire for rejoicing. There ought to be a desire for for truth and for righteousness and for peace. Notice what it says in verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? now we're getting close we're getting close to the end so we'll, we'll talk about food because food's coming now you may not be excited about an ice cream sandwich although i kind of am right now that kind of sounds good about now is there anybody else that's kind of feeling that are you, are you with me on that ice cream sandwich um my dad used to say it's it's good to eat after church and he, here was his scripture for that, it's kind, of, kind of twisted a little bit, but he said, uh, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said, you know, you come to church, you get the righteousness, and afterwards you're hungry and thirsty. But anyway, uh, ice cream sandwich or, 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 or some kind of a food or some kind of enjoyment. Well, we get excited about those things, don't we? Uh, we, we hadn't really planned to do a whole lot yesterday and Um, Joanna said well I've got some hamburgers and I thought we could you know hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill oh can I tell you that was revival right there not my spiritual revival but that was you know that was family revival and you know we we get excited about food Uh, some people get so excited about sports and I, I love sports some people get so excited about that or it's vacation or it's retirement brother lenwood's out of here now on security but retirement hallelujah that's rejoicing and you know i think we ought to have things we get excited about and things we rejoice about but you know what revival is notice verse six again wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee revival is when we rejoice not in the things that God blesses us with, but when we rejoice in God himself, when we realize that God's all we need, he's enough. I could be, you could be homeless. We could be on the street. We could not have the the comforts and we could not have the joys of life and we could not have health and strength. But if we had God, he'd be enough. Now that's why some people don't experience revival because they've not gotten to the place where God's enough. They gotta have all the extras. And by the way, I'm thankful for all the blessings that God has given us. But true revival comes when God is all we need. When God is our source of joy, when our rejoicing is in Him. When we realize that He is all we need to be happy. As a matter of fact, the things that we think will make us happy many times only bring disappointment. Are you filled with rejoicing? Are you filled with, notice verse number 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Are are you full of of hearing from God and hearing from uh, the Word of God and are you full uh, of allowing God to speak to you? i love I love our radio station. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, I love listening to our radio station. I love listening to to preaching and, and singing, and I love listening to good music and all that stuff. Uh, but i sometimes I listen to sports and and I like sports and I've been very curious to hear uh, what's going on with uh, the different professional sports and all that and about a week or so ago, maybe it's been two weeks ago now, I was listening to sports, and I just got so. Sick and tired about hearing about all the sports. And they weren't talking about sports. All they were talking about is all oh, this is so bad about our country, and all oh, this is so awful, and oh, all all these, these poor players, these poor players, instead of getting fifty million dollars in a year, they're gonna have to settle for 47 million a year. Now you talk about you talk about hardships, folks. We obviously have no idea about hardships compared to those professional athletes. And I got so tired of hearing all that stuff. I felt like my my mind was just getting full of all the junk. I said, I've had enough of that. And So then I turned on 95.9 WVFV, Voice for Victory Radio. I got encouraged. But you know, our lives ought to be filled with the things of God. I think for some Christians, I think they they, they wonder why they struggle so much, but the only Bible they get is an hour on Sunday morning. Or the only Bible they get is an hour on Sunday morning and maybe an hour on Sunday night, and maybe if it works into their schedule, they get a little bit on Wednesday night. But friend, I want to tell you, if that's all the Bible you get is just at church, you're, you're going to be very weak as a Christian. Now, we need church, but this book ought to go home with you. And this book ought to be in your home, and this book ought to be read and memorized and meditated on and studied because this book is our spiritual nourishment. We ought to be filled with the Word of God. Notice with me, if you would, not only the filling, but then number five, I see the favor. David says, and David admits in verse one that God had been favorable unto the land. God had blessed. Notice verse nine, surely his salvation is nigh unto them that's the favor of god right there salvation that's the favor and the blessing of god that we could be saved verse 9 and that thy glory may dwell in our land that god's presence would be among us that's god's favor and god's blessing verse number eight i will hear what god the lord will speak for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints you know how we get peace We get peace when we get real still and we listen to God. That's how we can have peace in the midst of our storm and in the midst of our trouble. And, And peace comes. That's the favor of God. That's the blessing of God. Notice verse number 12. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good and our land shall yield her increase. Can I tell you, God is so good to us. God has been so favorable. God has blessed our land and God has blessed our church and God has blessed us. We don't deserve God's goodness, but I'm so thankful for the goodness of God. And then lastly, I see the future. It's almost as if David, he asks the question and he goes back and talks about the goodness of God and the mercy of God. And it's almost like it's an open-ended question. He says, God, will you not revive us again? But the answer is in this psalm. The answer is, it's not so much up to God. It's up to what we're going to do with what God has already told us. Brother Dan has been uh, in Sunday school. He's been talking about uh, having the right ingredients for revival and having the right ingredients for a a good marriage and a good home. And, And he's made this statement several times. He said, the ingredients are already there, but it's what we do with the ingredients. Maybe at, at, at home, maybe you're, you're cooking a meal and you, uh, you, you, you're, you're going to do this meal and you can't find that one ingredient and you, you, you go to the store and you get it and you come back and then you open the cupboard and say, oh, duh, we had it all along. It was right there. And I think for our lives, I think there's times where if we would just open our eyes, if we would just get in the Bible, if we just get on our knees, I think we'd realize we've already got the answer. We've got the answer. We've got the the, the way that we can experience God's blessing and revival, but it's up to us. Revival again, it's God moving, yes, but it's God moving when we get serious about confessing our sin and getting right with Him. I'll say this and we'll be done. God will revive us if we're willing to seek Him. And revival, now hear me out, revival is not dependent upon the church. Now, by the way, I hope you come to church and I hope you get revived. I hope you get helped. I hope you get encouraged. I hope you get sharpened, just being around God's people. And maybe you've had a rough week and you come to church and say, man, I'm so thankful I got encouraged and I got help by just being around God's people. And I got to be in Sunday school and I got to sing and I got to uh, be in the service and I hope it helps you. But revival is not dependent upon the church. Revival is not dependent upon the youth group. Revival is not dependent upon the teen activity or the teen camp and Brother Nathan and I, we've been talking about this all summer. Things have been getting rearranged. It looks like we've got our youth retreat. It looks like it's locked in the middle of August. I'm excited about that for our teens. But we don't, we don't have to put revival on the shelf just because it's not happening at church or just because it's not happening in a youth group. We don't have to put revival on the shelf just because of what's happening with politics. We don't have to put revival aside just because of the home we're in or because of the pastor, or because of the governor, or because of the president. Revival's not dependent upon any of those things. Revival is dependent upon God's people getting right with Him. And that's a personal decision. And that's a decision you don't have to wait on somebody else for. That's a decision you don't have to wait on the person down the pew from you to get right. You and I can experience revival if we, Personally, individually, if we will get right with God. Second Chronicles 7 14, you've heard it before, but God says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God said, Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.